Navigating today's real estate market can be tricky. Do you want to buy a house, sell a house, stuck with a house and don't know what to do? Get the professional help you need. This is Florida Talk Real Estate with Jim DePola and Natalie Medina Rao. Call our team of experts now. 1-877-927-6969. This is Real Radio. Yeah, it sure is. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Florida Talk Real Estate. And we got you for the next two hours. Two hours of infotainment. That's what we offer every Saturday, 9 until 11. And if you got questions, comments, concerns in the world of real estate, you can look up Florida Talk Real Estate on Facebook Live. We are Facebook Live as we speak. Communicate there very easily. And of course, you can always call 888-973-7828. And you'll get an operator picking up your phone call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm your boy, Johnny C. Let's go ahead and get your starting lineup on a Saturday morning. As always, my guy Jimmy D is with us. It's Jim DePola with Antares International Realty Group. Keller Williams Preferred Partners are a top producing Keller Williams team. Hello, Jimmy D. Hey, Johnny C. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you this morning? I'm doing okay. I'm just messing around a little bit on Facebook while you're talking. All right. Excellent. We'll continue as I keep going around the horn here pleasure to on a saturday say good morning to the mortgage guy from the mortgage firm mike rao buenos dias buenos dias johnny and i am uh i'm paying attention to you 100 percent. i'm in i'm all in i appreciate that not doing anything else eye contact and everything (laughs) (laughs) is that somehow different than other days (laughs) paul jim 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 was distracted paul is noticing the variation of uh, other saturdays and that is, of course, Paul Krasker, the guy with the name on the sign. It's always great to go with the big dog. We're talking about the law offices of Paul A. Krasker. Counselor, good morning to you. How are you, Paul? Morning. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Are you paying attention so far, too? I'm always focused. <laughs> oh, my God. Every- I'm, I'm getting a lot of crap already. <laughs> are you already? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I've ever seen Paul, like, not dialed in. And, uh, no. Although maybe I have that, to say- maybe that, that one night, Paul, that one night. <laughs> I've... Uh, <laughs> I think I made a mistake with the shirt now that we're on Facebook Live. I think what? that's a, a psychedelic look with the checks on the shirt. <laughs> Note to self about checks. Okay. Are you if messing with the HD? watching, you would be causing a seizure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't move for two hours. Just make no movement at all. I love it. Great to have you with us on a Saturday morning. I hope everybody is well, staying healthy and uh, trying to stay as sane as possible. I know this team here at Florida Talk Real Estate is very, very busy. That keeps them very sane because, well, they have time for very little else besides dealing with uh, buying homes, selling homes, refis, all the issues that comes with having a uh, home that you don't know how to deal with it. Of course, student loan debt, everything in between. Jimmy D, I know you've been busy. Where are we starting off today? Oh my gosh, we have so much to do. Um, I feel like I'm working harder than I've uh, worked in a long time, which is saying a lot for me because I'm kind of a workhorse anyway. Yeah. Um, um, we've been putting in uh, 12, 13 hours a day. When I'm hanging up the phone for the last time and putting down the computer, I still probably have like two hours of work to do um, after 12 hours a day. So there's uh, plenty of people that are asking all kinds of things. Hey, is it a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? What do I do with my mortgage? I just got furloughed. Um, uh, what? I, how am I going to handle my credit card debt? Other people are saying, hey, I hear it's harder to get a loan, so I need to increase my credit score. Um, we're getting all kinds of uh, questions related to real estate. So the market is not dead. 
uh, by any means. In fact, uh, let's go over that just real quick. Uh, last week, we had a little over 1,300 pending sales in, in the six-county area, which is uh, Palm Beach, Broward, and Dade, Martin, St. Lucie, and Indian River County. And uh, we had a little over 1,300 uh, properties go pending in those six county areas in the last week. That was last week. I checked it last night, about 10 o'clock last night. We're 1,436 new pending. So we have 100 more pending than we did the week before. Huh. I'm not saying that this is um, any kind of scientific uh, formulation. But what it is showing is that we're not seeing a major drop off of activity uh, that people thought was going to happen. So that's some good news on the real estate market. Did you yeah, compare that? I know, Jim, you like to do to the prior, you know, same month prior year. Did you look at that or no? I, I didn't have the chance to do that because I got to tell you, they just changed the MLS system and the search engine isn't as ah. good as it used to be. In fact, you can't even do new listings. If I were to search for only new listings, which is less than a week old, uh, it's very difficult to find that out right now. So, <laughs> so they so upgraded. I, I know that yeah, from my, the, my software days. Yeah, yeah. The, the upgrade is the downgrade, right? The upgrade is the downgrade. <laughs> so, um, but what we are seeing, and this isn't just anecdotal, um, uh, just from our team, we have a lot of agents that we keep in contact with, and uh, every a lot of the agents are staying very, very busy, which gets us into our shoutouts. Shoutouts. Our first shout out is for Frank, and congratulations to Frank. Uh, Natalie helped him buy a beautiful upgraded home in Loxahatchee Groves. And Mike was the mortgage broker. And if I'm not mistaken, Ross Camaronets was the um, was the insurance agent. And we didn't use Trident title because buyer picks title. They didn't use Trident, unfortunately. But um, we had we a had horrible problems, right? He, well, actually, we did because we had a call. <laughs> <laughs> Paul doesn't realize that, that was a setup. <laughs> I know, but I, he doesn't know that this is the house that we were talking about the property taxes on. So we're going to get at that in a little later in the show about um, valuating property taxes on a new construction home. But okay. uh, what was cool about Frank is Natalie found him a beautiful home. It was built in 2019, brand new construction. Uh, Mike and Natalie were able to get um, uh, over $8,000 in seller contributions to help pay for the closing costs. Nice. That, that was all awesome. Natalie. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take any credit for that. Well, you know, Natalie's the top agent. What can I say? Yeah. So, uh, I, she, I told her, I said, Natalie, we need a little help on the closing costs. And she comes back with $8,500. How's 8,500 bucks? <laughs> well, and the house appraised a couple of grand more than we were in contract for. So Natalie actually got the house probably three to 5% below market value when you count everything. Was she wearing so, a mask when she did that? I know, right, right. <laughs> what what was that saying that one agent used to say, Paul? If you would call him and he didn't like the offer, but he took it, he would say, "After I hang up with you, I'm going to call nine one one because you just stole this house." Right? Remember that guy? <laughs> so uh, that was a line that somebody used on me. And Paul's I thought like, that was yeah, it was one of your stories. It was, but, but when it was I Jared told, Perry's house, wasn't it? Yes, it was Jared ah. Perry's house. So when um, Paul heard that story, he's like, "That guy says that to everybody." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's his line. <laughs> but you know what? We did kind of steal that house because afterwards, when they try to put the other houses on the market. Um, we did very well for Jared on that house. Yeah, so definitely, absolutely. Uh, we got some uh, wonderful shout outs going on. What else you got there, Jimmy D? Well, with Frank, uh, what I want to explain with that is that uh, he was able to find the house he wanted to find. He was able to get the, the financing the way he needed it. And Mike was so sharp about this, and this is very important in today's market, um, is that even though Frank had uh, the right credit score needed to close, 
Frank, uh, Mike was hyper vigilant by trying to rapid rescore his credit score, even though he was approved, just in case the standards change while we're going through the craziness of what was happening in the mortgage market. So that's the difference between having a really, really top, top mortgage office, well, loan officer in Mike's case, you know, versus a guy that is just, or, or a woman that is just kind of going with the flow and just is taking the body blows as they come. So Mike, Mike, Mike was that is that because it was, uh, we were cutting it close or was that just strictly, you know, there was a chance it could be a huge benefit? So they, um, the, the change and that's still in action is we're not doing FHA below 640. Uh, this guy was at 670. So the next tier up, if they're if they were getting more conservative, it could have come out. Hey, we're not doing anything below six sixty, mm. and then they call us and say we're not doing anything below six eighty, right? Like those mm. are kind of the jumps. If they're getting tighter, those are the jumps I was anticipating. So I said, you know what, we got an opportunity. Let me get let me get him above six eighty. That way, I can withstand two you know conservative uh, guideline changes. So yeah, great job. Uh, luckily, they hadn't changed. They didn't change it, but we were prepared just in case. Yeah, gotta love that. Florida Talk Real Estate yeah. is the best of the best. Uh, sorry, Jimmy D. Go ahead and continue, please. No, I have to say a shout out. Uh, good morning, Tom D. Jo D. Giovanni. Um, Tom is one of my old high school friends, and I haven't talked to him probably in over 35 years, and he just popped on. So, hello, Tom. I hope you're doing great. Uh, we're Facebook friends, so it looks like you're doing great. So, thank you so much for checking in. Let people know. We got a lot of really good information. Where here. was that high school, Jim? It was Piper High School down in Sunrise. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm a Sunrise guy, right? Is that is that where Moses graduated? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. What was the mascot? Was it the Piper Pipers? It was the Bengals. It was the Piper oh. Bengals. Yep. Nice. And, oh, uh, so Jim was kind of the Tiger King. I didn't like <laughs> orange and brown either. I didn't like the orange and brown colors. I was not an orange and brown guy. I love the Gator colors, though. Go Gators. <laughs> orange and blue is okay. Orange and blue, orange yeah. Brown. Yeah, orange and blue, not orange and brown. So uh, thank you, Tom, for checking in. Let other people know because we're going to be giving a lot of really good advice today. Uh, so what else is happening in the local market? Um, you know, people are wondering, is it a good time to buy or is it a good time to sell? And I, you know, I explained last week that it really depends. And um, just to give you examples of what happened since last Saturday, uh, we put um, four properties on the market. And uh, if you want to find those properties, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page and right underneath the live post that's happening right now for our show, you'll have a link um, to look at the um, some of the properties that we have listed. I didn't put them all up there, but I put most of them up so you can take a look at them. But I uh, just want to say congrats to uh, Weston and his family. We put his house on the market on uh, Thursday. It was 3740 Brooklyn, Brooklyn Lane. The house was on the market one day yesterday. We had seven showings scheduled in less than 18 hours. We have Western doesn't even know this. So if he's listening to the show, he's going to have live news for himself. Uh, we have an above asking price offer right now sitting on the table. I have to look at it when we uh, I got it at 744 this morning. They went above asking price because they don't want anybody else to buy the house. So we're going to be negotiating that when we get off the phone today. And it looks like Weston's house um, might be sold. And even if it isn't with this buyer, um, we have six other buyers coming to look between today and tomorrow. So I well, think you got you got to like going into negotiations where they're already above asking price. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's also terms we need to find out what type yeah. of financing they have and and uh, ask them a couple other questions. And it, you know, it isn't just about price, uh, Johnny. It's also terms when they can close. So, um, Paul, is that one where you counter higher, Jim? Um, I don't want to get that into over the air right now. 
Uh, oh. I don't know Ooh. if you're listening or not, so I don't want to get into that. But um, that might be an option. But what more concern that are we going to be able to close within everybody's time frame? That's going to be the big issue. Um, also, we put 1396 Sweet William Lane on the market in West Palm Beach. It's a really, really nice two-bedroom, two-bath home um, in Victoria Groves. Um, it also has a it's a two-car garage, but it uh, one of the one of the garage spaces was converted into a bonus room. So you can use that as an office. It even has a closet, so you could use it as a bedroom if you wanted to. It also would be very easy to convert back into a two-car garage if you um, want that garage space. And uh, we have that on the market at a very nice price of 250. And one of the best parts about uh, Sweet William Lane is the neighborhood itself. If you're into um, family activities like basketball, racquetball, tennis, baseball fields, um, soccer fields, uh, community pool, jogging, um, jogging in the community. Uh, this is the community for you. Very low HOA, really great schools, and also great family uh, activities in this community. They have a really great pavilion where you can go barbecue, and if you don't want to barbecue at your house, you can have the mess over at the pavilion. It's a really great place. Um, then we had uh, five- hey, Jim, can I ask you a question on that? Sure. Because you did such, it sounds like you did exactly what you wanted to do, which is to get it up and get it, under contract or about to get under contract, but don't normally you, you'd have a sign up. Maybe you'd be door knocking the neighbors to either advertise or say, Hey, look guys, here's what we just did for you. Are you, are you interested in perhaps selling? Is that, or what are you doing to kind of replace well, those activities? We, we can't do, we can't do the open houses anymore. Um, it's just not feasible. Um, we will do a virtual open house if somebody asks us, which basically we'll go over to the house and shoot a video live while they're there so they can ask questions if they want to do that. But this is what's happening with our marketing now. Um, and, you know, you have to, in my mind, uh, when you have a situation like this, you have to be professional enough to step up to the plate and pull out tools in your toolbox that maybe you haven't used for a long time or buy brand new tools, right? So we've done both. So one of the things we're doing is we can't do the physical door knocking that we used to do to schedule for our open houses. Now we're still doing the phone knocking. We call it phone knocking, which basically is calling the neighbors. We have uh, a system we pay for that allows us to have the phone numbers of neighbors. Uh, we're not soliciting, asking them to buy anything. We're asking them questions about the neighborhood and then if they usually when I start asking questions about the neighborhood, like what they we usually ask, what are the top three things, Mike, that you like living about in your neighborhood? So I can use that to promote the neighborhood to the to the customers. When I do that, a lot of times they want it. They start chit chatting. Hey, what do you have the house on the market for? Is it a good market? Right. Blah, blah, blah. That will give us the leeway if we want to to say, hey, do you know of anybody that wants to buy or sell? Mm -hmm. But we're really just calling for a survey to ask them you know, what they think of the neighborhood. It's very effective. We used to do that anyway, but now we're doing that more in lieu of the door knocking. The other thing we're doing is, is we're advertising differently. One of the things that we're doing right now is we're taking a lot of our Florida properties and putting them out to New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Michigan. Those are my four states right now. Now people are probably thinking New York, New Jersey, are you crazy? You know, yeah. uh, nobody's doing anything up there. Exactly. Um, what we're doing is, is we're putting out social media posts to groups up there. We're also doing geo-targeted um, Google campaigns, and we're also doing reverse prospecting where we're calling up agents in those areas of, of those four states. And um, what we're doing is normally when somebody has a um, when somebody has a buyer that wants to buy in Florida, 
they will call up an agent and say, hey, can you work with my buyer down there? And I would like a 25% referral fee of whatever you make. Well, what we're doing with our listings right now, we're offering the full commission to the agents up in those four states right now. Wow. So if you bring a buyer, if you bring a buyer right now from New York and they go ahead and buy my intercoastal condo in Singer Island for $349,000, I'm giving you the full real estate commission that would be offered um, as the referral fee. That's a really good benefit for the agents up there because in New York City, there's, from what I understand, they're not allowed to do real estate anymore. It's not considered a full essential service. So they can't operate, they normally do. They're, I'm sure they're struggling really, really bad. But a lot of those New Yorkers are thinking Florida is not a bad place to live anymore for affordability. And they were probably planning on moving down here anyway at some point. So a lot of those people are interested. So we're doing, we got four hits, four serious hits, Mike, uh, from our Craigslist ads up in New York in the last two days that are asking real questions, not like these Zillow fake questions. Yeah. Uh, how does how does the HO, how do the condo fees compare to the other buildings in the area? How old is the building? What work has been done to the building? They're asking real questions. These are real buyers. So that's some of the stuff that we're doing right now. Now the other pretty smart. So you, yeah. you get people that were that were thinking about moving down here anyway, and uh, this may have sped up their their timeline. Yeah, and we're we're hoping, yeah, and we're hoping to get the agents up there to be rah-rahs for our property. You know what wow. I mean? And, and try to make get them the full commission and try to help somebody out along the way. That's amazing now, of you. And then, well, I mean, it's just good business, right? It's good business too. Now the yeah. other thing is is that we do have new tools in our toolbox. So let me just go over that one last thing. And thank you, Mike, for bringing this up. Um, is that um We've always had virtual tours, right? You might, Johnny knows that. We've been talking about virtual tours for how long? Five, six years? We oh, yeah. We always did the virtual tours because we knew that was part of our 21-day plan to get houses sold in our 21-day marketing plan. That's right. Well, um, we also made sure that we had the right amount of photos and videos so that when we were put onto internet, we always uh, advertise our properties on over 300 other websites like Trulia, Zillow, Realtor.com. But if you have the right amount of photos and video, when they're doing it, when somebody's doing a search, three bedroom, two bath home for 500,000 in Wellington, and there's 50 properties, having the right amount of photos and video brought your property up to the higher level of that list, right? So you don't have to go to the third page to see our property. We wanna be on that first page when you do the search. Well, now we're using this new Zillow technology, which I'm not a big fan of Zillow itself, but I gotta tell you, the technology is pretty good. It's a 3D um, technology. And um, what we're doing, and you can check it out, Johnny, on our websites if you want to check out um, uh, one of the properties on there. I think if you look at 3740 Brooklyn, oh, you're on the Facebook thing. You can't use your computer now. Normally you're typing. <laughs> but um, with, we just put them out recently because Zillow, if you have that type of 3D video tour, Zillow puts you top of the top, right? So we're taking advantage of that. We put it out for the first time this week. We called back our photographer, videographer company, and said, you got to go back to all our pop properties and reshoot with this new video tour. They're like, hey, it's going to cost you extra money because we've already been out there. I'm like, I don't care. Seller needs it. Go make it happen. Do it. We've and already stimulating had, the economy. Nice. We've already, yeah, we've already <laughs> had four or five um, uh, people commenting on how great those virtual tours are. Oh, yeah. I joke that uh, now we have three different types of virtual tours for you on our listings. Okay, three. Can you imagine? Most people are struggling to figure out how to do one. We're doing three now. So um, 
they work, some of them work better on your mobile than the desktop, vice versa, but you have access to look at those properties. And I joke, if you're looking at one of our properties, if they would just create smell-o-vision, hmm. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't have to go to the house at all. You would know exactly what's happening with our houses. We even do 3D video tours of the outside of the houses now, outside. Right. So awesome. you can sit there and scan the whole backyard, the whole front yard, 360 degrees. You can even look up at the sky and see if it was a cloudy day or not that day. <laughs> you shot. know, Jim, I, I um, even if they had smell of vision, I don't know if I would trust it. I feel like that could be <laughs> manipulated pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, this house smells like heaven. And then all of a sudden you go there and you get the real. You know, <laughs> and realize there's plugins in every right, room. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just sprayed exactly. the Lysol. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I used to tell people is to take little lavender, lavender essential oil and put them on your light bulbs. It's just a couple of drops on the light bulb directly. Yeah. Turn the light bulb on just to get that smell in there if you needed yeah. to. I haven't said that in a long time. They better talk to Ross about their fire coverage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Hot, I was like, I don't know. Hot oil on the, on the light bulb. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't had any problems. Um, uh, I just want to also shout out to um, the couple that own uh, 5630 Honeysuckle. Um, we put their house on the market on Thursday. We've already got three showings scheduled for that property. We also have 2182 Southeast Carnation. Uh, road up at Port St. Lucie, three bedroom, two bath with a pool. That property, uh, we've had 14 showings in 14 days. So I expect to be getting an offer on that pretty soon. So what the whole thing is about the shout outs in the, in the local market today is people are active. So if you're sitting on the sidelines, that's a personal choice you have to make. Now, if it's for health issues, totally understand. But if you really want to sell or you really want to buy or you want to sell and to buy, Give us a call. Um, we probably talked about seven or eight people this week about that. Three of them, we decided uh, together after we went over everything that it probably wasn't a good idea to do what they were planning on doing. No hard feelings with anybody. And they really appreciated, really greatly appreciated the advice we gave them. And we're going to keep in touch for when the time is right. So it isn't a no, it's just a not right now. And the no was their no, not our no. It wasn't like we were telling them don't do it. They, based on their personal needs, decided what they needed to do. But we also had five or six other people that think it's a great time right now to do what they need to do, and we're going to move forward with that. Excellent. FloridaTalkRealEstate.com, your access to the entire team. You can call the hotline. You'll see it on the bottom left-hand corner, FloridaTalkRealEstate.com. It's 888-973-7828. And if you're with us on Facebook Live, great to have you with us. You see that information behind Jimmy D.? Call the number, 888-973-7828. And as Jim was noting, if you are on uh, Facebook Live with us or on the Facebook page for Florida Talk Real Estate, just go below the uh, live video there and you'll see a link uh, for some of the uh, active listings going on. Uh, Jim, let me ask you on the heels of you talking about uh, some of the success stories, what's the driving motivation factor uh, that you're seeing right now with your customers? Is it downsizing is it upsizing is it uh complete relocation what's what seems to be the consensus motivating factor for people that's that's a really good question johnny um a lot of the people we're talking to right now are downsizing that that seems to be the biggest need or totally moving out of the state completely right um but i would say downsizing is 70 percent, 30 percent is leaving the state you know or maybe maybe 25 percent leaving the state and five percent other right but um some people are uh trying to some people have always just wanted to, like, for example, a couple of people were worth, they've always wanted to buy a home. They've got their credit score to the point that they needed to. 
and their attitude is, I don't care what's happening right now. I've been working a year, year and a half to get my credit ready to buy a home. I'm buying a home if I can. Um, the people that are downsizing, a lot of them are seniors that aren't empty nesters. They've been empty nesters for a while, but they just feel that their house is getting too old or too big for them. A lot of them are also thinking, hey, my roof is 14 years old. I don't really want to place a roof in a couple of years and my AC is getting older. So maybe I should just do it now um, while I still have some useful life in my, in my mechanics. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what's going on. I just want to give two more shout outs to Paul Krasker's team. Uh, I could spend two hours talking about Paul Krasker's shout outs, but I got three, three of them uh, right now. So the first one is congratulations to Gary. Uh, Gary called us like a year and a half ago or two years ago for student loan help for his daughter. Me and Gary have not been able to connect since then. So all I know is that we sent him over to Krasker Law and never heard the results. But I've been working the phones like crazy the last six weeks. Uh, finally got Gary on the phone. Gary was so happy to hear from me. And he couldn't talk more highly about Krasker Law, okay. uh, the office of Polly Krasker. His daughter got a great, great student loan. He didn't have the real numbers, but I can tell you that she saved for sure more than $200 a month on her okay. student loan payments. Those are real numbers. And they're going back in the next three weeks because their anniversary date's up, and they're going back to Paul in the next three weeks to re-up for the um, loan. They don't expect to get as good of a um, uh as much student loan help this year because she's doing a little better in her job, but that's a good thing because she's making more money. So that's a good thing. So thank you once again, Paul, if you have student loan needs, you got to give us a call at 888-973-7828. Just leave a number. We have a 24 seven hotline there. Please call that number. Um, we can definitely get you the information you need. A lot of people are looking at this um, student loan COVID uh, program. But, Paul, I think that the regular program is much superior. I don't know how you feel about that. So I'd rather just apply for the whole shebang than just the COVID one. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, obviously, uh, if, you, if you've been furloughed, if you're now unemployed, it, it is the best time to apply for the long-term uh, student loans uh, because you'll get a zero payment for a year and then – you know, when you're reemployed next year, your payment's going to bump up, but you're still one year under the 20 or 25 year or 10 year if you're a public service person forgiveness. Uh, so you're you're one year closer to wiping out your entire student loan debt. Exactly. And um, Paul, it, it's very easy to reply uh, to apply, right? It's simple. It, 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 that's the best answer I can give you. Uh, we, uh, we spend 10 minutes on the phone with you and then we're able to give you a written quote of what your savings will be based on the information you gave us. And we give a money back guarantee. If we don't meet or exceed those savings, um, we do all our work for free. And so, that written quote is to the penny based on the assumption that the information they're giving you is accurate. Yeah. So, uh, if you tell us what your gross wages are we can calculate and your family size and a couple of other factors then we can calculate exactly what your payment would be and uh and once we know that uh we can estimate the savings from your existing number and that's it and paul touch uh, uh for a second on what you just mentioned the um 
the 10 year, the 25 year um, plan for people, 10 years for public service. Explain to people what that forgiveness uh, timeline is. Sure. So the traditional student loans, if you're not in public service, are um, 20 or 25 years. And what we do is we put you in, into a forgiveness program based on the, the timeline of your particular loan. So if it's a 25 year, we'll put you in a 25 year loan. But the difference between being, being in a forgiveness program and not being in a forgiveness program is most people who don't have enough money to make their full payment, the interest and the unpaid principal continue to accrue in the background and you'll keep having to pay it. So a 25 year student loan that you're not paying the full amount each month will never be paid in 25 years. It'll be a 30 year, 45 year mm -hmm. student loan repayment program. And once you're in a forgiveness program and you're in there for 25 years or 20 years, when that 25 years is up in the forgiveness program, whatever accrued and was unpaid is forgiven. Gone. So you know that at the end of 20 years, at the end of 25 years, you're not going to have a payment anymore. The rest that's sitting in abeyance is going to be forgiven by the government. And the results can vary greatly depending on uh, who you're trying to have this pull this off for you. If you go to floridatalkrealestate.com and you have the law offices of Polly Krasker deal with this, you just heard about the process and how it, it is nailed down to a penny. But we've had many stories, Paul, over the years where unfortunately people were like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to call on my own. And they feel really good about the conversation because they feel like they're, they're essentially in the same situation. They're like, oh, I think, I think I got the same deal that Paul was talking about. And the reality is, is it's a bit of a fool's gold situation for those people, sadly. Is, is that still very common? Yes, and, and I wanted to follow up. You were asking about the, the three timelines. I, I didn't mention the 10-year. So oh, if, if you had a 20 or a 25-year forgiveness program, but you're in public service, you are a teacher, you're a nurse, you're a uh, work for the VA, work for the county, uh, you qualify for a shortened period of time, a 10-year period of time, where if you stay employed in public service for the entire 10 years, at the end of 10 years, the rest of your student loan balance is forgiven. You know, city, uh, city, county, state workers? Correct, correct, correct. Wow. Yeah, and, and that's such a powerful part of the program. And there are so many, many people that can use that. How many teachers and, and hospital workers and nurses and medical field people, just those? So many. Uh, anytime, could use that. I see, anytime I see a, uh, a public school principal, mm -hmm. I spend five minutes with them and say, I'm going to give you the greatest gift you've ever received. If it's you so let me come into your cafeteria before school and meet with your teachers, they're the most underpaid group of people I've ever met. Every one of them has student loans. If I can get them into a forgiveness program and, and their payment goes from $300 a month to zero or to $12 a month, think of the lifestyle change these people can and have. The, and the morale. And, and many of them, many of them just use the money and spend it on supplies for their kids. That's, that's so true. It's just selfless. And, and the good thing for the principal is 
those people, once they're in a 10 year, um, a 10 year forgiveness program, if they get seven years in and they get burnt out, they don't leave for the last three years. They're hanging in there. That's right. They've got to hang in. And so from a principal's perspective, they get continuation. They get people who are better at their job because they've been there for five years, you know, things like that. It's such a wonderful opportunity. Uh, we, we just would would love to see more people focus on it. Uh, FloridaTalkRealEstate.com. We should do a road show. We'll just tour all the all the schools once they're back in session. I, I would love I would love to do that. And let, let me tell you the one last thing, because we got a lot of people watching on Facebook right now. Also, when Paul talks about uh, payments going from three hundred dollars a month to twelve dollars a month or zero dollars a month. These are real examples. We just talked last week or two weeks ago about a person who was paying four hundred dollars a month and went down to thirty three dollars and ninety eight cents a month through Paul. Okay. So, uh, real numbers. We're not just saying some kind of crazy world stuff here right now. These are real life examples. Yeah. And Johnny, you were talking a minute ago before I went back to the, to the 10 year, uh, part of what we do, uh, is being totally transparent and being, uh, being upfront with a written quote is we give people who are, um, not as not as honest with us, uh, the ability to use those numbers and go back to the government and try to do it themselves. So they come to us, they get a quote, they think it's so easy that anybody could do it, and they pick up the phone and call the department, what they think is the Department of Education, and mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. Uh, the Department of Education doesn't answer the phone. They hire servicers who answer the phones and the servicers have no incentive in putting you in a forgiveness program. It's probably the opposite. I'm guessing the forgiveness program, they're taking the loan away from that company and giving it back to the federal government. So that company doesn't make any more money off of that loan as I understand it. So they don't have any interest at all of giving you this government program. So what happens is we turn around and say, well, you could go from $400 to $33 and 24 cents and they call up, what they think is the Department of Education and say, I'd like my payments lowered to $33.24, please. And the person on the other line realizes that they've done the calculations and says, great, we'll do that for you today. And they think, oh, wow, we we got we got Crasker off. We yeah. don't have to pay them. And, yeah. the, and then what ha- I'm sorry, Paul, what happens with that? They, they The interest is accruing, right? Right. They they just drop the drop their payment amount to thirty three dollars and twenty four cents, but the principal that was supposed to be paid and the uh, interest that was supposed to be paid get thrown on the back end. So instead of being finished with their their student loans in twenty years, they just bought themselves a forty year payment plan. So it got worse. It got worse. And and they'll use, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but I think they use like, the, there's a couple, there's two critical factors here, income-based repayment and forgiveness. So right. they will use the income-based repayment. They're like, they have programs, right? We'll put you into our income-based repayment program. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't include the critical <laughs> forgiveness, the forgiveness part right. of the loan. That's the, the yeah. one thing they never want to give you. Yeah. If you... So then, then people come back to us and they'll say, you know, sort of to not to stick it to us, but to say, hey, we got it done. 
and we'll say, do you mind if we go online and, and go through your, uh, I forget what it's called, but, but the portal. The portal, and, yeah, sure. And, uh, and they'll say, no, of course. And we'll call them back up and say, if you want to try it again, we're happy to try it again and put you into a forgiveness program, but you're not a one now. So it sounds like the major difference between doing it on your own or going to law office of Paul Krasker is results. Results. Like, Paul, you said it was simple, but I think that means it's simple if you go through you guys well, <laughs> and I getting the, the results thing, you want. The other thing that people don't do right is, uh, you know, we apply for forbearance, which is a separate program. You have to know what to do and how to do it. It's simple for us to do for you but we get you 90 days of zero payments while we're doing our, our, our consolidation and restructuring. So for all those people who did it themselves and immediately went down to a $33 and 24 um, cent payment, they could have paid nothing for three months and they basically wasted a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they would have paid us what they were going to pay for the government during that time period probably less than that, what they were going to pay for the government. Uh, but, but we also get you the forgiveness program. We also get you the, the uh, forbearance. So, yeah, but I always like to bring that back around. I hate scooting right past that. The forbearance <laughs> with the three months where you're not making your student loan payment, essentially, as Paul just noted, although we dashed right through it, basically, I think, what would you say percentage wise, Paul is that that's going to be the fee that you're paying the law firm to get this done for you. Most of the time, our fee works out to about two thirds of that payment. So you're paying less than what you would have paid the government during those during those three months, during the 90 days. Uh, so I tell people it doesn't cost you anything because yeah, so we're right. forgiveness right. at the end. So all we're, the part we're leaving out is the part where we drive Paul to your house, sit down at your kitchen table, and <laughs> you do this. That's the this part is we're all missing out. This is equivalent right here. This is Paul in your living room right now or in your <laughs> car or whatever. Can I ask one more question on it, Paul? Please go. If um, with your 10-minute call and assuming all the details are right as far as the data they're providing, is there a waiting period before they know for sure whether they're going to be uh, accepted, I guess? Or is this kind of like a, a slam dunk? If, if your information is correct, you're in. It, that, that's what the 90-day period does is we have to get documentation from you during the 90-day period to prove that you are making what you say you're going to make. And some people get confused. Some people don't understand the difference between your gross pay and your net pay. So when they tell us, you know, I make a uh, $1,000 uh, a pay period, they yeah. really made $1,400 a pay period. They just uh, netted out $400 for taxes. And and we have to do our calculations on the fourteen hundred gross, not the thousand dollar net. So, I deal with that exact situation, but in, in my yeah. in my uh, case, it works out in their favor. In your case, you actually make more income than you think. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the other thing um, I think is really important about this is that um, after that first year, Paul, um, the you have to reapply every year. So when they come back to the law office of Paul A. Krasker to do it for the second year and the third year and the fourth year, the fee isn't the same as when you do the initial um, program. Is that correct? So we have two options for people on the renewals. Uh, you can either pay us, I think it's $15 a month 
at mm -hmm. the same time that you make your payment. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the 12 month period, we have our fee that's needed to, uh, to do the, the requalification mm -hmm. or, um, we can reach out to you 90 days out and see if you want us to handle your, uh, requalification. The, the $15 a month pro oh, I'm sorry, Johnny, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I just wanted to let you know. I'm communicating with Jimothy. We do have a caller on hold that has a student loan question. Let's I was under the impression we couldn't take phone calls. Ah. Jimmy, Jimmy seems to think we can. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt your thought process there, but we we can try to squeeze in a phone call on a student loan question. Let, let's do it right now. That's what we're here for. Yeah, we don't. We haven't been giving out the numbers while we've been doing this um, this Facebook live stream because I was under the impression, or at least I was told, that we couldn't take phone calls. Let's give it a go, Jimothy. Who's on hold? We got uh, Stan. He's got a student loan question. All right, well, let's find out if we can do this. Stan, hello, welcome. You're on Florida Talk Real Estate. How are you? Hey, what's up, Johnny? Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, I didn't know you can, guys were Hold on, on Stan, real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can everybody hear Stan? Yes. I can hear him. All right, I, I'm guessing he's going over the air. Um, Stan, please proceed with your question. Um, like I said, I apologize. I just woke up. I didn't know you guys were doing a Facebook thing. Um, don't worry about it. Paul, I, I have a... I have a student loan. I'm on your your credit brain um, student loan refinance. Uh, you know your program. Yeah, I currently am in the medical field, um, but I'm not sure if I believe I go through Shannon. I'm not sure if when I when I um, initially signed up about a year ago that I was in the the medical program of you know on your program. I've been okay. in the medical field for the last 15 years, but um, prior to me working where I work at now, where Johnny knows where I work at, um, I started there roughly in April. I was out for about three years because I was helping my ailing mother um, before she passed. Oh, I remember you now, Stan. Thank yeah, you so much for doing that. I remember talking to you. So so we have the ability to, to put you into that 10-year program if you qualify as a public service, uh, absolutely. And, yeah, and you could jump in and out of programs. We've had, uh, we've had nurses, we've had uh, teachers who went eight years, or not eight years, but six years in the program now, and then took another job. And I literally called them up on the phone and said, please tell me your other job is going to be another public service uh, entity for the next four years. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, if um, Stan, if you want, I'll have Shannon reach out to you. Okay, yeah, she called me on Monday, and actually, I've been talking to her about. Um, I had a couple programs that I'm trying to. I bought a house in December, and uh, I didn't even think about um, you guys about refinancing. But I'm gonna talk to you guys about refinancing also. But I had a coworker um, at the hospital that I work at, one of the doctors that I know. Um, put me on to some mortgage people in Palm Beach, um, and they were taught, they they uh, were communicating with Shannon, and you know uh, they were doing very well. Um, I just want to compliment you on that and your employees. Terrific! Thank you very much. We'll we'll uh, we'll have Shannon reach out on Monday. Happy to do it. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I look forward to it, and I look forward to uh, you know uh, a strong relationship with you guys and. Uh, I've been a fan of Johnny's for years, so. 
That that's awesome, Stan. Now, just to make sure you don't get slipped through the cracks, because we don't have your last name, we don't want to put that on the air. Can you just make sure you leave your information with Jimothy when we hang up, and then we'll make sure we get in touch with you on Monday. Is that okay? Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Thank you, Stan. Thank you for calling, and thank you for being a fan. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you, John. Oh, we lost Johnny. No, I think we lost Johnny. Hold Unless on. You, yeah, you got to add him back. Let me see. I'm sorry. Hold on here. When you take callers. Yeah. um, Oh, here it is. Hold on. Does his, if he was already in for a year or two years, is, uh, is that going to count towards the 10 years? So he has to be 10 years as uh, a government employee. Correct. Okay. Correct. And you can't go six years and then take a year off and come back and you start your 10 years all over again. All right. Well, we just Not learned the- that uh, we can take phone calls on these Saturdays. Joining us here, Florida Talk Real Estate, two hours of infotainment. If you got a question, common concern, something we're talking about, pick up your phone. Jimothy will line you up at 877-927-6969. And always remember, Florida Talk Real Estate is a .com. You're joining us possibly on Facebook Live as well. Facebook, you can find Florida Talk Real Estate. And, of course, you can call them at 888-973-7828. You'll find that contact information bottom left-hand corner of floridatalkrealestate.com. I'm sorry, Mike Rao. Yeah, I was almost hoping that the phone calls that Jimothy would actually just have to, like, translate, you know, or uh, the phone. He would be he would have the caller on and then Put he would tell the chat. us what they're saying. Yeah. He tells them back what we're saying. That would be brutal. <laughs> I had one other thing, Johnny. I saw that you took umbrage when Paul was talking about teachers being most underpaid profession. And you, were, you were thinking you were thinking uh, DJs, you know, uh, are, are, uh, <laughs> did you see the thought? The thought yeah, thought yeah, I saw the thought bubble. And I was like, wait, that's me. Paul hasn't no. seen my paycheck. So not only are our <laughs> our teachers really just underpaid by I mean landslide for sure. Um for those moms, dads, grandparents, uh uh cousins, uncles, people that are home educating their kids via the internets these days. <laughs> now they know. Uh, Oh, I think they all have an understanding of how underpaid our teachers are and how much we we really got to support them in every way. They are uh, they, they're amazing. The work they put in. And my, my wife right now has always appreciated the teachers, but she has a newfound appreciation. And we have one kid. You know, I just had a thought, too, because a lot of parents nowadays are communicating via, you know, email and whatever through these programs, maybe more so than they did before. You might make a teacher's day or their summer or their next 10 years if you remind them, hey, if you got student loans, why don't you call this number and see if they can help you out? Hey, guys, uh, just let me uh, interrupt just real quick. Uh, Cameron Doty um, on Facebook was asking what we're selling in Lantana right now. Thank you, uh, Cameron, for reaching out to us. If you go to our uh, Facebook page right now and you're on it, if you just scroll down on the post, you're going to see a link about some of the properties you have to sell. If I'm not mistaken, one or two of those properties are in Lantana. And we have a property coming on the market in Lantana off of Broadway that is not on the market yet. So take a look at those and then give me a call off here. All you have to do is call 888-973-7828. Sorry about that, guys. Don't be sorry. Um, I want to finish off with two more more shout-outs for Paul before we get into some of the other stuff. Go ahead, Paul. You were going to say something? Do you want to finish up on the renewals, though? Oh, I'm sorry. Go, Go ahead on the renewals. I apologize about that. So the the interesting thing about the renewals is that um, you have to requalify every year. That's right. And so we've had a lot of people uh, come to us, get a great 
program. And then 12 months later, their parents call us. I knew this was a scam. I told my daughter not to go with you guys. This, you guys are crooks. And I have to say, sir, what, why are you angry? And, and we just got the payment. They just reversed the whole thing. And I said, well, did she sign up for the renewal program every 12 years? If you look at her contract, it specifically says that you have to renew this. You could either pay us to do it uh, at a small expense annually, or she could do it herself. Uh, but, but she initialed the contract saying that I understand this is an annual program and I understand it needs to be reviewed. And I can assure you that we put in at least one call 90 days out to remind people even if they haven't signed up for the renewal with us, that you still need to renew it and give them an opportunity to pay the fee as a lump sum um, and, and get us to renew it. And she must not have returned our call or something. And then and then all the parents are sheepish. You know, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand that. Yeah, I see it in the contract now. Uh, but, but you've got to uh, renew it every year. Now, as Jim said up front, if you're making more money, and your payment goes up, good for you. That's you great. Know, this is a pay-as-you-earn program. And the idea is you can't just walk away. You've got to pay as you earn, pay a reasonable fee towards it. Uh, but but people go up from zero payments to $25 a month, from from 25 to 33 and And, yeah, it's because you're making more money and, and you have the ability to pay a little bit more towards those loans. Still, the deferral at the end of the 20 year period is going to be gigantic. Mm -hmm. And Not uh, deferral, forgiveness. And well, it, it defers during that time period ah. and, and then forgives at the end. Yeah. So it, it, it makes sense to keep renewing it. It makes sense to get it done. And, uh, and we try to be very reasonable. And, and there are, two different ways that you can present your income to uh, the Department of Education at the end of the year. And so we, we figure out three things, really, which way we're going to present. Uh, and, and then the other thing we do is a check to make sure there are no other programs that are out there that would be better for you than what you have today. So we know student loan debt is a huge bubble in this country. Um, these programs specifically are surrounding the um, government-backed loans. Like, what percentage? Seventy percent of the loans, Paul. Like, what are, what are, what are we looking at? Are government-backed versus private? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say at least seventy. So we're really talking about a big. I mean, if you have a student loan debt, the odds, or if you have student loan debt, the odds are really good that you'll qualify for these programs. Yeah, and, and you have to look at it not just on percentage of loans, but uh, amount of loans. So you, you get to take out government loans up front for as much as the government will allow you to take, and then you have to supplement them with private loans after you've reached your maximum. So it could be a 70-30 split on loans, but it could be an 85-15 split on dollar amounts. So, so I, I've never, I never had to go down this road uh, and do financial aid or get loans to go to college. Um, I guess I'm lucky in that way <laughs> that I'm not carrying a bunch of debt right now. But uh, if I did, I'd be going to Paul Grasker and seeing what I could do about it. So 
Uh, I assume it is like you said, you stack multiple loans. Can you have multiple government backed loans? Uh, yes, you take them out with servicers. So uh, what happens with us is we price ourselves based on how many servicers we have to deal with. If there are 10 different servicers for 10 different loans, uh -huh. it takes us a lot longer than if there's one servicer for all 10 loans. Okay, so you're getting me right where I was going. Does that turn into, uh, is that one forgiveness program for all the loans? Or are they all individually done and kind of, I, I hear what you're saying. It makes much more of a process on your end, but do you, do you, do you combine them all? Yeah, so we, we consolidate all of the loans with the Department of Education. Uh, so like you were saying up front, those services have zero interest in consolidating those loans because they're servicing less debt, making less money. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we take those 10 service loans, put them into one loan, and, uh, and, and then you're allowed to get the average of the of the interest rates charged throughout all of those 10. Um, and then of course you, you get to allocate a payment reduction amount based on whatever the best program is for you. Mm, man, what is, uh, cause I, I'm talking about a, a world that I'm just never really been in. I, I know that credit card interest rates, cause I have, you know, I've seen the fluctuation over my years, whether my, my credit was down or up. I can see how I, even if I have good credit, uh, my interest rates for my credit cards can be hammer time. What's like an average interest rate for a student loan debt? Yeah. It doesn't go that high. It's not the 22%, uh, 27%. No, these are all in the single digits, but, but there are variances between them. We could see people with a, a 4% and somebody else with an 8%. 9%, yeah. Yep. And that's obviously all going to be um, just like any other loan. It is going to be credit and or co-signing. I mean, there's going to be a few things that will come into play that can improve your interest rate. Right. And, and there are some times where we'll talk to somebody and we don't think consolidating and uh, of a forgiveness program is the best avenue for them. So there are, there are a tremendous number of times in a year where we'll refer somebody to SoFi uh, hmm. or, or to another loan consolidator that just refinances it to private debt and spreads it out over a longer time period. Uh, and, and so you see SoFi advertising on television and, and uh, looking like this, this uh, soulful company that helps <laughs> helps people and, you know, uh, adopts puppies and all the rest. Um, but, but they don't even tell people that you don't have to do what, what you're doing with us. You can go to somebody like Paul Krasker and, and you might get a threefold advantage. Well, I think that's an amazing example right there. We've talked about for years now, Florida Talk Real Estate here on Real Radio, how this team will give you options. Here, Here's a bunch of things, ways that we can handle your issue. And sometimes the options are going to be things that they can't do for you, as Paul just noted. Uh, and it blows me away that you can break down and say, you're going to be better off going to SoFi and try to refinance your loan. Uh, that just shows the steps and the caring and the customer service that you get with the whole Florida Talk real estate team. I remember going to Mike Rowe to refinance my house. And he goes, ah, I think your best best option right now 
is going to be a, um, um, a product that I can't offer you. Uh, you remember, Mike? It was uh, I, a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. He wanted to do a HELOC, and you don't you don't write HELOCs, home equity lines of credit. And you're like, that's your best option right now. The math-wise, this is your best option. We waited, and it worked out. The refi worked out perfectly for us. But just great examples of how this team's going to tell you the reality of your situation, lay out your options. And as Paul just noted, sometimes even you got to go to a, a, a company that I don't know if I really feel great about referring you to, but that's your best option yeah. <laughs> because I think a refi – is the best way for you to handle this. You got to love Florida Talk Real Estate. That's a .com, floridatalkrealestate.com. Call them at 888-973-7828. You'll see that contact information bottom left-hand corner or right behind Jimmy D if you're on our <laughs> Facebook live feed, Florida Talk Real Estate on Facebook. And we learned this morning that uh, we've been under the guys that we can't take phone calls. Guess what? We can. Join us live on the air here. Two hours of infotainment at 877 Nine two seven six nine six nine. Stan sounded good on our end, and we got uh, we got we got that call through. Jimmy, will line you up if you want to join us at eight seven seven nine two seven six nine six nine. Jimmy, do you want to do a little reset? Um, yeah, let's go ahead and do the reset, and then we want to go over just two more quick shout outs for Paul, and then we're going to get into mortgage news because it's really important. Excellent. Plenty of time remaining for you on a Saturday. Great to have you with us. It's two hours of infotainment every Saturday. Florida Talk Real Estate right here on Real Radio. This is Florida Talk Real Estate with Jim DePola and Natalie Medina Rao. Got a question for a real estate pro? Call us live at 877-927-6969. This is Real Radio. Yeah, that's right. 94.3-1017. Great having you with us on a weekend. Every Saturday, Florida Talk Real Estate, wherever you might find yourself on your iHeartRadio app. Great to have you with us on this Saturday morning. Florida Talk Real Estate. I'm Johnny C. Of course, I got Jim DePola here on Tari's International Realty Group. Keller Williams Preferred Partners, they're a top producing Keller Williams team. Hello, Jimmy D. Hey, Johnny. How's it going, man? Fantastic. Mike Rao, the mortgage guy from the mortgage firm. Hello. Hello, sir. Good morning. And of course, uh, Paul Krasker's with us. Always a good day when Paul's with us. We've got the guy with the name on the sign. The law offices of Paul A. Krasker. Hello, counselor. Nice to have you with us. Great to be here. Ready for hour two. Here we go. Number two. Go, two hours of infotainment. And you can join us toll-free at 877-927-6969. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and join up uh, Florida Talk Real Estate on Facebook. We are Facebook Live. You can watch me whip and watch me nene. Watch me whip, whip, and watch me nene. Or you can call Johnny, there's a there's a there's a statute of limitations on age age group there. Is there? (laughs) Yeah. You're you're just too old. You're too old for that. And you're not even old. I've been told that about so many things, Mike. So many things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old guy on TikTok. That's right. Johnny's uh, still like driving down the strip, pumping the bass in the car. <laughs> am I too old for that? <laughs> Never too old for that, John. Never too I, old. That's what I, 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 I will tell you, I am too old to come home and tell my wife that I got a ticket for having bass down, <laughs> driving down the street. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we were uh, doing some more shout outs and we left off before we jumped into that break. Uh, Jimmy D, who, what more shout-outs do we have for the law offices of Polly Krasker? 
Well, and Tars International with Keller Williams, our team, uh, would really like to thank Paul because we had a buyer that got really jammed up on a sale about a month ago where uh, he was buying a house cash. He had a huge deposit down. He had every intention to close and he's heavily involved in the stock market. And when the stock market crashed about five, six weeks ago, uh, he became very concerned and wanted to back out of the contract. Um, long story short, um, he was at risk of losing a uh, five-figure deposit. It was oh. a significant deposit, uh, more, well more, well, well more than $10,000. It was in the five figures. And um, I sound like uh, the president there, the way I'm talking. Well, um, well, well big. <laughs> it was it a was huge well amount. Big. It was a huge it amount. It was the well big at deposit. But anyway, I explained to the buyer that uh, I'm not sure how he's going to get this resolved and try to get his deposit back. But we do the, the only thing we could tell him is say, look, we're going to have to get you to the law office of Paul Krasker, see what he could do for you. It took a few weeks of, um, of uh, for it all settle up, but he got back all 95%. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm trying to do the math here, uh, up 90% of the money that he had in the deposit he got back, um, thanks to Paul. Nice. So thank you, Paul, very much. Sure. Uh, uh, he was a very, very happy customer. He was uh, so grateful that he did give um, uh, Antares International um, a small check to say, oh, I shouldn't say small, it was sizable, but a sizable check saying, thanks for working so hard for me. I'm sorry we couldn't close, but wow. we've, built, we've built the relationship now. And I know when it's uh, things get better, hopefully he'll be coming back to us to help him buy the property that he wants. Where's to my check? Because I was doing a loan for it. All right. Yeah, I know. That's true. We had so many people involved. <laughs> and then, it was funny because he was in a cash contract, but he took the option to seek financing at the same time. Yeah. So we, we were, you know. We had that pretty much sewn up when they had to. I mean, I understand what they had to write. Yeah, we, we were like back out. four days before closing when all yeah. this happened or less. So yeah. thank you, Paul. If it wasn't for you, um, he would have um, lost a lot of money. That who A person who already lost a lot of money in the stock market just would have made it worse. Yeah, now, the good news is he'll, he'll he's coming back, right? Their their plans, their life plans haven't changed. They just had to, to uh, push back the time. Yeah, they want to move to Florida. They're from up north, and they want to move to Florida just not right now. So we're gonna make that happen for them when it's time. So the they other, postponed. They didn't cancel. Yeah, it's yeah. not right now, right? That's the answer. Not right yeah. now. Maybe yeah, right. Uh, later. Now the other thing that uh, Paul did this week was uh, with Frank's property that we used this shout out at the beginning of the hour, where we got Frank a sizable, sizable um, seller contribution to help pay for his closing costs on a pretty much a brand new construction property in Loxahatchee Groves. But something interesting really happened on that. What happened was is um, as Mike was going through the file when we were getting ready to close last week. He noticed that uh, the title company had put the taxes in based on the current tax stuff that's on the property appraiser's report. And on the property appraiser, it has it as a vacant piece of land. And it, they were only basing taxes on a vacant piece of land, even though that the house had been built on it, the property records weren't reflecting that. So Mike realized that there's a thing called tax proration. And what tax proration is, is when you close as a seller, you're obligated to pay the buyer. Um, for the time that you own the property during that calendar year, because you always pay your taxes in arrears. So when you get your bill in November, it's really from the previous January 1st to the end of the year. So if you sell your house on July 1st, you have to pay taxes through June, uh, January 1st through June 30th to the buyer 
So when they get the bill, when the buyer gets the bill at the end of the year, um, they're not paying for the taxes for the time that the seller lived there. Because the house was improved, we knew that the tax bill at the end of the year was going to be much higher than just the land cost. So Mike was like, we need to correct this. But what was surprising, Paul, is the title company, because the seller picked the title, it wasn't Trident title. The title company says, we're not doing that. We're just going to use the taxes that are reflected right now on the property appraiser site, which Mike figured out the difference was about approximately $1,200 cost to the buyer if he agreed to just close based on that. Substantial. So, yeah. so Paul, have you seen that much? Because this other agent says that she sells, the, the listing agent says she sells, quote, spec homes all the time and that this is a very common experience and normally her title company doesn't deal with the improvements uh, when they close. Yeah, so the, the problem there is that the FAR bar contract that everybody uses specifically addresses this issue. It's line 482, and it says that if the last year's taxes were based on vacant land, but there's now an improved property on there, the parties will get together and identify a fair allocation towards the improvements. Now, technically they've already done that because they signed a contract to determine what the purchase price is. And if you take out the value of the land, that's what you should use for the value of the improvements. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was an $80,000 lot, you're buying it at, at 300,000. Guess what? It's $220,000. That's easy math. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you're supposed to do the millage rate of the of the county or the city that the, the property is located in and prorate it. That's what the contract requires that the closing agent do. And if somebody doesn't do that, uh, the contract also says that when the tax comes out for the next year, the buyer has the ability to request a reproration and the seller shall pay the difference in the proration to the buyer if they, so, if they don't do so the contract then goes on to say if the buyer has to file suit to get that money from the seller that not only do they get the money but they get their attorney's fees for seeking the money so this agent was very tough with us uh paul when we were trying to negotiate this and we were trying to be very reasonable mm -hmm. so what what happened was is the agent who who's a very seasoned agent it isn't like uh somebody hasn't been around a while and uh, the agent was like, look, uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, exactly what you told, we told them exactly what you said. They go, we're not going to do that. We believe we're right. We believe that the mortgage company at the time should have picked something up earlier, which we didn't agree with at all. And she was getting very combative. And she said, uh, look, we're not going to do that. We're going to move on because we have other buyers and other buyers that are stronger than your buyer. And we'll move on to the next one. So I s explained to her. I go, look, I know that might be your intention, but my buyer is not going to allow you to do that. So this is the way it's going to go down. Either your title company is going to reflect the taxes the proper way, or um, we're going to ask for what's called an assessment from the property appraiser, which is in the, in the language in the contract that says they can come back out and do an assessment so that uh, we have an independent party to determine the valuation for the taxes. And we're going to have you sign an addendum saying that we're going to delay the closing for this assessment and nobody wants to do that. But if we have to, we will because the buyer is buying the property. You cannot get out of this contract. Your seller 
cannot get out of this contract just because they don't like what's in the contract. So she says, well, we're not going to sign that addendum. And I said, and she told me that she had attorneys uh, that she's already reviewed this with that disagreed with Paul's uh, reasoning. So what I said is great. Well, we have the law office of Paul A. Krasker for our buyer. So what is the name of your lawyer so that we can get the attorneys to talk to each other to work this out? I need to know right away because we are writing this addendum and we're going to put you on notice. Paul's going to write this addendum for, for us. And we're going to notify you that we're going for specific performance because we are buying this house. We're willing to do whatever the property tax appraiser says for valuation. We're not arguing about it, but you guys don't have the right to get out. Now, was I wrong to say that, Paul? No, you're right. Okay. So what happened was she said no. And she said that she wasn't going to do it. So I offered a third way where the buyer wanted to buy, the seller wanted to sell, but we're arguing over you know, a little bit of money compared to all the commissions. So we offered that uh, Ike would contribute, I would contribute, and the listing agent would contribute to um, try to get this deal done so that the buyer wasn't hurt and the seller wasn't hurt, but we got the deal done. I wanted to facilitate the deal. Um, they, they turned us down three times on that. And then finally, when I told them about this specific performance and how this was going to go down, I think they probably talked to somebody because right away they said, if we agree to these terms, will you close tomorrow? Cause we were arguing 24 hours before closing and they agreed to, and we closed. So Paul, if it wasn't for you with that advice, uh, that deal probably wasn't going to close. Uh, we might've closed later. It was going to be very messy. We probably would have been lawyered up. Everybody would have been very upset. The buyers would have been super upset. The sellers would have been super upset. So this is what the difference is when you have a realtor team that has the resources like Mike Rao and the law office of Paul A. Krasker, Ross Camarinets from Brightway Insurance, to have all those people at your fingertips where when you get in trouble like this or have issues like this, that you're getting real information in real time. Not every agent can pick up the phone and talk to an attorney or even understand these or call up the mortgage broker and have the conversations that Mike and I have about uh, the lending process. It That's makes right. a difference. So thank it, you so much, Paul. Yeah, I was gonna say it kind of, it started, the reason I spotted it is because, you know, I, I take uh, pride in kind of knowing my numbers very early in the process, right? So before you're in contract, the buyers know exactly how much money they need to close. And so, but I don't really review the closing disclosure until they're preparing it as we approach closing, right? As they're as they're kind mm -hmm. of zeroing in on the final numbers. Uh, but that's when I spotted that it was off. And I said, well, what's that? And I looked into it. And of course, it's it was the tax proration. So right away, I just knew there was something. And then I investigated and found it. Uh, I was very happy when you did get Paul involved. And Paul came back with the same reaction I had, which was, uh, guys, it's right here in the contract. What are you talking about? Get the proration right. I mean, it, it was, it's if it, that's that was my thinking from the beginning. I couldn't believe, yeah. I couldn't believe that the, there was such a battle over getting the proration right. Because guess what? If you don't get it right now, like Paul said, in November, this buyer is, and we would have made sure he did it. This buyer is going to go to the seller and say, "Hey, give me my money now. You didn't want to give it to me uh, in in uh, in April, but now you owe me that money." And, and I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. believe that the listing agent was going to put her seller in that position. Well, the big issue was is that the seller's attitude was we already giving the buyer a significant amount of money um, below appraised value. However, what they probably weren't being told by their side is this is an obligation that you have to pay 
Normally, I, this isn't on top. This isn't a change where the buyer's asking for more stuff right now. This is your tax obligation. Yeah. And they just didn't get that concept. And I think I, it's because the realtor on the other side was not conveying that information correctly. I happen to think, Jim, that the seller wasn't really like apprised of the whole situation. I think mm -hmm. the, you know, the, either via the initial title agent or the whoever prepared the initial like seller net sheet as they're negotiating the price and the 8,500, you know, the sellers represented a number like here's your proceeds. And that's where it went wrong for them because those proceeds were in this case, $1,200 higher than they should have been. So it gets down to the end and all of a sudden we're coming in and the listing agent's like, well, no, we didn't screw up our, 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 our net sheet, our seller net sheet. This is the taxes. This is the way we always do it. And she got confirmation from the title agent that this is the, the way that they do it. And, and that's, that's kind of where it went wrong. So, um, yeah, you know, they, I, go ahead, Paul. No, it, it's, it's interesting. First of all, the the realtors on the other side always say, well, we've consulted with our attorney and we think you're wrong. And you say, just what Jim said, great. Who's the other attorney so that they can both read the contract together and explain how they interpret it differently? Well, guess who it was? It was this, it was the settlement guy. He was a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she went to the <laughs> law offices of uh, Dewey Cheatham. <laughs> well, the, the funny part is, is as soon as, you don't know how many realtors say that they talk to an attorney, right? Yeah. It's like, it's it, that's very normal and just normal life too. Being a former crime reporter, it seemed like everybody had an attorney that they mm -hmm. talked to, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you actually ask them, great, my attorney's name is Paul Krasker from the law office of Paul A. Krasker. Can you tell me who your attorney is so I can have Paul contact him directly? She didn't spit out a name. Yeah. Right. You didn't say, oh, I talked to this person or that person. She goes, well, I talked to a lot of attorneys and a lot of title companies. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, well, that's not an answer. And then they came. 50 percent of the time, 50 percent of the time, they didn't talk to anybody. They didn't talk to anybody. The other 50 percent of the time they talked to somebody, but they said something like, can you believe these jerks are asking for something? And they don't tell the whole facts. And, then, yeah. and of course, the attorney says, yeah, that does seem strange. Well, Mike, I just want to say once again, if you didn't catch it, we wouldn't have caught it. I'm being honest with you um, yeah. on our side. So thank you so much. And that gets us into a uh, review that Mike got. Uh, we put it on our Facebook page. It was from April 17th. Mike doesn't know I'm, I'm doing something on this. So a recent one. Yeah, it was a recent one. So Mike has, um, Mike has a system called socialsurvey.me. So anybody that's worked with Mike in the past, please uh, give him the review. That he deserves. Um, I gave him um, one. I was talking about give him, soft, give him the one he deserves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, he always. I, I haven't seen anything less than five stars out of five stars. But this one was really interesting. I wrote when uh, the review came out. No surprises here. Just great results. But this is what the person said. Mike showed his knowledge in experience and was great to work with throughout the process. So I kept reading that over and over again. And what you could read that as is Mike showed his knowledge in experience. Or inexperience. <laughs> inexperience. So Mike, uh, you got a five-star review, but you're not very experienced according to this uh, person. So I was kind of Knowledge, comma, inexperience. <laughs> it really is in space experience. They meant so and, two, Jim. Yeah, I know. They meant and. But if they had pushed those two together. <laughs> so laughing about it. My, uh, my law school buddy was... Um, was applying for a position and 
he asked me to write a letter of recommendation. Uh, one of the people on the, the board was somebody I knew, and I wrote one as a joke and sent it to him for his review just to make sure he was okay with me sending it. Oh, no. right? and, and it had a couple sentences in there. One was, uh, <clears throat> many is the time that I saw, his name was Gerald, many is the time that I saw Gerald, comma, sitting at, uh, saw Gerald sitting at the kitchen table, comma, loaded, comma, with plenty of work to do. <laughs> I didn't know that he was drunk and sitting yeah, at the table. makes a big difference. Or he was a diligent guy sitting at the table doing lots of work. <laughs> I was, uh, do you remember Demi? Do you know who Debbie Wasserman Schultz is? She's a congresswoman sure. down in Broward. Yeah. Um, I went to college with her and knew her very, very well and was close friends with her for a long time. And uh, one time I wrote a story in the college paper when she was the Senate president for University of Florida. I was the investigative reporter that covered student government back then in the day. And uh, I did a profile of Debbie and her roommates, and I said that they had a well-worn couch. <laughs> the father, I was just trying to explain that these big shots in student government were living not a lavish lifestyle, uh -huh. but the father yeah, yeah, yeah. took it completely different. <laughs> and then they invited me to their wedding, to Debbie's wedding back in, oh, 25, 30 years ago. And I flew out to New York to go to the wedding. And the father had something special for me at that time. He brought an FBI agent and actually handcuffed me during the wedding to punish me for saying that his daughter had a well-worn couch. <laughs> the question is, Jim, like, like Paul, were you actually trying to be clever at the time or you, you I was an honest mistake? Uh, totally honest mistake. All I was trying to convey is they didn't live in like some fancy dorm or some fancy apartment with all this stuff because it was the Senate president, the pro tem, and another government official for student government were all living together. But they were living just like, you know, all the other students. And that's all I was trying to convey. But <laughs> and you chose well-worn couch. Well -worn, right? yeah. well, I was trying to say the furniture was ratty. Right? <laughs> yeah. I the springs, that. the springs had lost some of their attention. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, did your guy, did Gerald uh, catch it? So sure, the last line of it was, "You would be lucky to get Gerald to work for you." <laughs> <laughs> and he he called me up immediately. You know, ten minutes after I think it was fax machines that in those days. 10 minutes after I sent it up the fact, please tell me you didn't send that. Please tell me. You didn't. <laughs> hey, um, I just wanted to uh, reach out to this guy, Cameron. He had uh, come to us a couple of uh, posts ago saying, basically, what are you selling in Lantana? And I thought he was asking about properties. And then he got mad and he said, uh, I'm asking why you posted this, this into this Facebook group. It's for selling stuff, not live videos. And I just wanted to say to Cameron, um, I'm sorry if you don't like the content, but the administrator for that page has decided that we do give value. Um, we're not just about selling everything. We try to give real information to people about saving money on student loans, how to use government programs uh, during the COVID uh, to take care of your bills and protect your family. What to do if you think about buying or selling or refining. We try to give real information to people and we do bring real value there. So I hope if you uh, keep an open mind and you watch the show for a little bit, you're going to get us because it doesn't take long to understand. It's like, hey, those guys are the real deal. They talk about um, what's happening in the real estate market. 
in the real way, not the promotional way, just saying, you got to buy, you got to sell, you got to do this. We try to figure out what's best for all the people. So maybe if you have a real estate need sometime, you'll give us a call. So thank you so much. Um, 888-973-7828 or go to floridatalkrealestate.com. Now let's get into mortgage news, Mike. Uh, so let me just go over it. Now, last week, you guys, uh, after we were done, after the show, everybody was like, wow, you were a real Debbie Downer last week, Jim. <laughs> Could you uh, make the market sound worse than it really is? And I thought that I was trying to be pretty fair um, about some of the good parts and the bad parts. So this week was not as bad as the last couple of weeks with the mortgage news. In fact, I feel like there's some um, uh, bright spots in what's happening with the market. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm not doing it because you guys gave me crap last week. Uh -huh. I'm doing it because that's the news. Okay, my, my so. guess is my guess is you had a better week for your own business, and now you're no, now you're no. perked up. Actually, no, actually, uh, <laughs> no. I, I I wish I I maybe I should do it that way, but I don't. Um, this week was the same as last week and the week before, but it was very strong still. So you know, um, I know a lot of the other agents are struggling, but we've been doing very well because we work really hard, and people know when times are tough or you're not exactly sure that this is going to go so smoothly. We're the ones to call to get the real information. You know, Jim, Jim, we were talking about that before we came on the air. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you're seeing it in your business as well, but there are so many people who jump into this business, mortgage, title, realty. When times get good, they think, well, I've got 12 friends who are going to buy or sell or refinance and, I'll get my license and I'll jump in and I'll, I'll make that money. Uh, and, and hopefully all those people are now on the sidelines. Hopefully there are a bunch of title companies that are going to go out of business. Uh, there are a bunch of agents who's, who's are going to go back to doing whatever they were doing before um, in 2008 through 2011. And, and you leave it back to the people who, who are good at what they do. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that wholeheartedly, Paul. And I think, um, as a matter of fact, just in my company alone, you know, we have these various, you know, groups and kind of, you know, mentoring type things. But the the real professionals here are working harder than ever because they know that you got to put in the work now. And even when things, you know, turn around, so to speak, they're going to be in the, the best position to, to take advantage. And and. Frankly, because because of you know the way interest are, uh, rates are right now, refinances are kind of making up the slack for purchase businesses mm -hmm. in my world. So it's just um, well, and but, and Mike, you think about what was going on immediately before COVID hit. Yeah, I know Trident Title was heading towards its had its best January ever, was having its best February ever, and and then the spigot turned off. Mm -hmm. uh, that that's and and it's not just the deals you lost in March. It's that the volume dropped forty percent. Yeah. So the April May June of people who thought they were going to have great months, you know, for the title company are going to stop paying the payroll taxes. Are going to stop doing all the things that the bad companies do when uh, they're heading south and we're going to go into that cycle again yeah yeah i mean i can and, and in jim's world you know the real estate agent has to have you know 
purchases and sales. I mean, uh, refinances can sustain my world and the, even the title companies to a certain extent. But the Jim, you got to have a lot of people who are in Paul's category of you know either part timers or just not really. Uh, they don't have the legs to sustain this type of slowdown. And you're, like you said, you're working harder than ever. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, is that it's a lot about attitude. Um, so my attitude always is if you were selling 2000 homes a month in a County and now it's only 900 homes a month, I only need 10 or 15 of those 900 homes a month in order to um, handle the load for my staff and, to put food on the table for everybody and to make sure that my bills are paid and that my staff is taken care of. So um, that's a very small part of the 900, right? So my attitude is I only need 10 to 15 of that 900. I don't care that it used to be 2000, who were the 900 they're gonna buy or sell this month and I need to be talking to them. Um, and we're showing different, I mean, it, it's making a difference. Uh, just while we've been on the show, I've had two requests for my property up in Stewart. I have a small 55 and over, um, one, one bedroom, two and a half bath. I'm sorry, one bedroom, one and a half bath townhome with a very low HOA that's very close to the intercoastal in Stewart, very nice area for $80,000. And uh, I got two leads just while we were talking today from New York. We were talking earlier about New York advertising saying they want more information on this property. So um, it's be really- posting in the, the Stewart Sells Facebook page. Of course, well, we actually do all that. Yeah, but now we're doing it out of state too. Go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, I got a question, and I think all of you can kind of approach this um, from your expertise, your your side of the, of the business. So as I'm watching everything kind of unfolding, a um, uh, couple of questions that you can answer that'll all tie together. First, what, how far are the states going uh, through this whole COVID situation in regards to any regulation or guidelines uh, specifically laid out for, um, uh, I guess, a, uh, a bit of a reprieve for people that are renting? I know, I know it's going to be very hard in the next couple of months to evict anybody, uh, but what, is, what are the states doing in regards to that? And then what are we, are you anticipating a big issue for investors and landlords because if they're not bringing in money and they're they're helping their tenants they were maybe underemployed or unemployed and they're they're struggling to pay their rent well the more the mortgage payments still got to be made right unless they're in a in a situation where their their servicers helping them out but i don't think the odds are going to be high on that so tie all this together like do we see investors and landlords in the future having needs for short sales sell their homes deal with foreclosure defense like how how does this all tie together in the next six eight nine twelve months from all your perspectives well um before you say that we do have somebody i don't know if you knew this but somebody's calling right now with jimothy about an eviction notice they just got so let's try to tie that in i did not know that jimothy yeah. who do we got on hold we got chad hi chad and welcome you're on florida talk real estate hi guys you can you hear me? Yes, gotcha, buddy. Great. Okay. Um, yeah, I did not get the eviction notice yet because Trump suspended him. I just wondered if you knew he suspended him through May first. Um, I just wondered if you knew what it got if it got extended to June. Paul, Paul, now we're going to have the law office of Paul A. Krasker um, answer the question. What is, what is your first name, sir? Chad. Chad? Chad. 
Okay. Hey, Chad. I'm sorry. So, Paul, um, you know, hey, Chad, you're in Florida. Good question. Yeah, Palm Beach County. Okay. Uh, there is no suspension of the eviction actions in Palm Beach County. Uh, what what the governor did was he issued an executive order that I don't think is legally binding, but the court seemed to be following it at the present time and have issued their own judicial advisory rulings by the chief judge of, of our district that said that they won't issue a final writ of possession to a landlord for 45 days from the date of the order. The date of the order was April 2nd, so that extends it until May 17th. And the big question is, what will happen on May 17th? Will it be extended for another 45 days or 30 days or something else? But the order makes it clear that your rent is still due, that it is not being forgiven. That's a private contract between two parties. That is not uh, something that the government can say you don't owe. So you absolutely owe the money. and. Uh, they'll eventually take it out of your security deposit or last month's rent or whatever they're going to do uh, after they terminate the lease for non-payment. But the worst news is that they can file the three-day notice, put it on your door, and then they can file the eviction action. In Florida, there's an accelerated proceeding where you have, I think it's 10 days um, to put the money up that you owe. And if you don't put the money up that you owe, you don't even get to speak at a hearing. They get a default judgment against you. Now, they won't be able to uh, get a writ of possession against you, and the judge won't issue a final uh, judgment against you until May 17th. But, you know, those stacks are building up and building up and building up with the judges. So on May 17th, there's going to be hundreds of final orders that are signed and the sheriff's officers are going to be getting writs of possession two days later if nothing else happens. Wow. Chad, so, did that answer your questions at all? I know you don't like it. No. <laughs> Unfortunately. No, no, that's okay. No. Um, one thing, Paul, I, I don't have a written lease or anything. So, you've been living it, here. With was this. there a written lease that is a, that's expired, and you're just on a month-to-month -month tenancy, or is there never a written lease? I've never. Okay, so I'll give you a a cheap tip for you. If there's no written lease, when somebody files the lawsuit, you have the ability to go in and say, "There's never been a lease." You can't file an eviction against me. You have to file an ejectment action against me. And an ejectment action is much different than an eviction action. The ejectment action has no accelerated provision. So they'll be lucky to get you out in four months. Now, they still have some arguments that they can collect the fair market value of the rental during that time period, 
but it'll buy you a little extra time. And, and if you're in a situation where you just don't have the cash and you're out of work and you're, you're waiting for something else good to happen, uh, that'll buy you some time. It's just turn back to the judges, and the judges are very sympathetic to you um, as a tenant. Turn back to the judge and say, Your Honor, there's, you can't file an eviction action. There's no lease. I'm not a traditional tenant. You know, I, I was given the right of possession, but th this is an ejectment action, and I want you to make this guy replete it as an ejectment. Yeah, and with the eject ejectment, you can go out there like you're uh, Billy Martin or Bobby Cox and kick dirt <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> get your two cents worth before you get out of there. Yeah, so Chad, um, a couple of things just from a realtor perspective. Paul gave excellent legal advice. Yes. Um, the other thing is is to try to work it out with your landlord if you like the place. If the guy's been, if if the landlord, the man or the woman or the company has been good to you, and that you know until you got to this bad time, um, everything's been going well and you haven't had any problems, most probably they're going to be reasonable with you and try to work something out as long as you're reasonable with them. Now, if you're in a situation where you just don't have any money, period, and you can't work with them, um, you know, uh, the ejectment action is a, is a great, a great um, avenue if you have to do that. Okay. What happened was the homeowner is now deceased. Oh. And so uh, the will got left to someone um, that has the executive order or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm disabled and require oxygen. So they've paid the last month utilities. Um, I was just looking to see how much more time. I mean, I'm packing as I go. But uh, well, you you I might get a little reprieve on. by asking the court to consider it an ejectment action instead of eviction action. But but you're right to look at it the the way you've been looking at it. That you've eventually got to go if um, if you don't yeah. have the money and and the judge can't. Uh, just say that you don't know the rent. Chad, we wish yeah. you the best of luck. Please stay healthy, stay safe. And if you need sure. anything else, remember FloridaTalkRealEstate.com or call 888-973-7828. That contact information, bottom left-hand corner of FloridaTalkRealEstate.com. You can always call us on a Saturday morning, two hours of infotainment right here on Real Radio. Stay healthy, stay safe, brother. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, Thank you. God bless. Being with us. Okay. Um, Dennis, uh, Dennis from Facebook had asked us a question. He says, do you guys see home values dropping over the next month? So uh, my short answer to that is it depends. Uh, if the prices are, if the house is priced correctly, um, we're still having many, many buyers. I just talked about uh, people that are uh, reaching out to us from up north and trying to buy properties down here. We have seven showings scheduled on a property from yesterday and already above asking price. Uh, number because they don't want to compete with uh, um, compete with all the other people that they're expecting to turn in offers. Now, if your house is super overpriced, um, you know, 10% or more of what the house is really worth, you have it on the market for 500 and it's really worth 450. Uh, yeah, those those houses, if the sellers need to sell, we're going to see those prices dropping. But I don't think it's going to be an across the board thing. And there's two reasons why. 
Number one, the people that have excellent credit, and this is where we're going to get into Mike, um, the people that have excellent credit and good down payments, good solid down payments, they're getting excellent interest rates right now. Um, that isn't what we were saying three or four weeks ago. The other thing is, is that um, there's a lot of sellers that might have their house on the market that isn't going to sell, but they're not willing to take the price if prices drop. So what they'll do is say, I'm just going to take my house off the market and see what happens. So that means that we're going to have less inventory. So with less inventory and less buyers because of tightening, tightening um, restrictions and lending standards, that would normally be a recipe for price. Uh, well, the the interest, the tightening of the lending would normally be a reason for prices to drop. But the fact that we have um, low, super low inventory right now, that's kind of kind of offsetting what you would normally expect when you have less buyers coming into the market. Now, Mike, um, tell us about what's going on in the real market right now for the refis and the purchases. What's really going on? Is it um, doom and gloom? Is there, it depends on who you are, you know, um, what, what's going on with that? Yeah, some of it definitely depends on, like you're saying, credit, uh, not down payment so much. I would say mainly credit. So your, okay. your credit score is going to be the driving factor for what type of interest rate you're getting. And that's always the case in the conventional world. But uh, it's more so now. So the better your credit, you're, you're going to get really, really, really good rates. I'm talking historically low rates. We're not dropping to where we were, Paul, that lead up to, you know, in February uh, when the market was tanking. But um you know, low, low threes on 30 year loan. I mean, that's, uh, that's happening and that's happening a lot. And that's, that's the same on, on purchases. Now, if you're in the lower credit tiers, uh, if you're the traditional, um, you know, sometimes first time home buyers, FHA, VA programs, those rates are, are not what you would expect, right? Um, usually those rates are going to be lower than conventional rates, um, unless you're top tier conventional and, they're not right. It's harder to get those those low low rates on. So that are, are you? Getting, are they? Okay, so let's just say that uh, somebody with excellent credit is getting three point two five. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you're an FHA buyer with let's say a six fifty credit score, something like that, um, with an FHA buyer, oh. and you're asking for a seller contribution, right? Um, how? Yeah, that's not how really going to. The seller that's contribution isn't going to make, I know you were talking about like we'd be getting a gift or you don't have your own assets. Mm -hmm. So that's not really, I'm not seeing that as a, as a, uh, a factor in your interest rate. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I would say 650 is you're, you're just, uh, the rate's not going to be. Well, are you thinking like three, seven, five, four, yeah, somewhere five? in that, somewhere like in that more range. like three, seven, five, maybe up to four, up to know. four. If, if you were 700. Yeah. I mean, it's usually FHA, you're usually not getting penalized. And um, I mean, the only explanation is just it has to do with the secondary market and the risk uh, of a loan. You know, if there's some normal percentage of loans that don't perform and that risk is, you know, probably slightly higher in the FHA world than it is in the conventional world. Um, the lower your credit, where normally you're not getting penalized, the lower your credit, the higher the risk and loans that don't perform just are, are not, you know, there, there's no appetite for them. I mean, obviously, there's never an appetite for them, but the, mm -hmm. the percentages go higher. So, but, but you look at history and four percent on a thirty-year mortgage. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, it's still good, guys. And it's, um, it's only yeah, that's right. It's only a, a bad rate when you compare it to what people who are in excellent position right. credit wise are getting. I mean, close uh, my mind. 
Yeah, the normal interest rate, guys, because uh, we have a lot of people on Facebook never heard us before. Average interest rate over the last 40 years is 7% to 9%. We're still, even with not great credit in the fours, it's, it's still a great time to buy as long as you have job security and you can buy the house. It's still yeah. a great time to buy right now. And the other thing is, is that um, there uh, we were talking about uh, what was going on in the national market. I just wanted to give a little short update today. Fannie and Freddie Mac, which are um, overseen by FHFA, which is the Finance Housing um, uh, Federal, Federal Housing, Housing Finance, Finance Administration or agency, um, that group is caving in a little bit. They've been a little tough about dealing with servicers because right now we have 3.5 million people that are not that are in some type of mortgage forbearance right now. Um, they are now saying that they're going to try to help out the servicers somewhat. Um, for loans that were uh, loans that were secured within 90 days, let's say that somebody got a loan 90 days ago and now they're in mortgage forbearance, FHFA and Freddie Mac, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae were not helping out the servicers when that happened, but now they're going to try to bail out uh, those servicers for those kind of things. And the reason why that's important, it creates liquidity in the market so that they'll have more money to lend. So wasn't FA the government supposed to just give them money? I mean, is that what you're talking about essentially? Well, um, Ginny May for FHA, VA, and USDA loans, they said that they're going to make sure that the servicers are all taken care of. But FHFA, which is Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, um, the head of that group is a guy named Mark Calabria, and he's kind of more of a libertarian, and his attitude is just let the whole thing crash and start over again. That's mm -hmm. the laissez-faire market. Mm -hmm. um, now it looks like he's backing off a little bit and giving a little bit. I have a feeling that this guy is, because um, I've been talking about him a lot, I have a feeling that this guy um, is saying one thing but is prepared to do another because he just doesn't want to cave in and say, hey, we're going to help out everybody, so don't worry about it. We got your back. I think they want the servicers to not take advantage of the programs unless they absolutely have to. You can understand. He's given a little incremental uh, changes over time and saying one thing and then changing his mind the next week. I almost don't really have a bad opinion about that because we know that some of these, you know, when you have those government programs, people take advantage of it. Look what happened with the small business administration loans. I mean, uh, some of those big companies were getting the money that was supposed to go to other groups. So yeah, I don't who just, know. Who just gave their money back this week? Uh, Ruth, Chris, and um, what were some of the other ones? Uh, I can't remember some of the other ones. Uh, I don't want to say names if I'm not sure, but I know Harvard it, it, and Stanford. yeah, Harvard. And I know they all went. No, 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 we're good. <laughs> Never mind. Thanks, we, we have don't a forty, say our name. Don't say we have our name 40 anymore, billion endowment. We don't need your ten million now. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, good. But um, so the thing is, is that um, uh, I wanted to ask one other question. I know this is in people's minds, Mike. Um, we just had a caller, and it's related to Paul. We just had a caller come in from our radio show. Big fan. Didn't know us. Uh, came from looking at one of our properties. Then found out about her show, and she listens to our show every week now on Facebook. She's, she's a huge fan. We got her over to uh, Paul Krasker last week because she just got furloughed from her job, and she was offered a type of deferment from her lender, but she wasn't sure it was real. So they went and called Paul Krasker's office and got some advice there. And then she called me back and started talking about uh, the experience, which overall was very good, but she still wasn't sure what she wanted to do. And this was the interesting part, Mike, is she said, well – once I get my job back, I'd really like to take advantage of these low interest rates because when I bought my house, I had a very high interest rate because I didn't have great credit. 
my credit's been improved a lot. And my question is, if she goes into some type of deferment or forbearance, would she be blocked from doing a regular um, refinance to get a better interest rate later because she hasn't made her payments? 12 months. So, yeah, no, I heard Paul, I think you said 12 months. So normally mm -hmm. that would be the case. I think what we're, we're saying right now is if, if you're in a current forbearance program, you can't do the loan. That's right. You can't do uh, if, the refund. If you come out of the forbearance program and I'm what the, the real mystery is, what does it take to come out of the forbearance program? Does that mean, you know, say, hey, we're not in anymore and make up the payments and get on a payment plan for the for the deferred payments that I don't know the answer to. I'm curious how that's going to go. I had a couple that I talked to yesterday who uh, one half, uh, you know, the spouse lost uh, it was, was furloughed mm -hmm. or, or, you know, it's temporary. Uh, income reduction. Mm -hmm. And so they did take advantage. April, the April payment was the first payment that they're missed. And they are interested in refinancing. And it does make sense for them to refinance. But they can't do it while they're in the program. And I said, well, you just, you know, step one, get the income back, you know, once it's back to normal. Step two is you guys need to figure out what type of options they're going to offer you for the missed payment or two payments or three payments or whatever it is. So I'm, I, I don't know the answer, Jim. I, I would say right. while you're in forbearance, it's going to be tough. It's possible that once you come out of forbearance, like Paul said, if you had missed payments, even though not reported late, you might have to have 12 months of good payment history. Um, it remains uh, a mystery. It remains so a it's, mystery. It's, it's what nobody knows what's going to happen with the lenders if they say you have to pay everything back in the fourth month and you don't then you're yep. technically in default. You're going to have to wait 12 months. If they if they say, we'll throw it on the back end, then you can do the refinance, I'd bet, the next day. Yeah, and I think the middle ground there would be that you're on some sort of repayment program for the missed, the missed payments, right. right? So maybe they've increased or offset your, your mortgage balance. So I, I'm thinking as long as you're not reported late mm -hmm. um, and as long as you're in some sort of arrangement that – we would be able to refinance because, you know, even if you even if you missed a payment or two or three or whatever it is, when we do the payoff, it's going to include those missed payments, right? It's going to include the the principal balance that that is technically deferred or or uh, or forbeared or deferred, whatever it is. So, um, you know, my my mind says that they're going to make, you know, uh, there's going to be ways to make it happen, but you just you never know and. I mean, frankly, when it comes down to is the loan going to perform, guess what? If you're in a situation where you haven't been able to make your mortgage payments, you could see logically, like, you know, why would a lender be willing to give you a new loan mm -hmm. with, the same, with the same risk? So mm -hmm. obviously, there's special circumstances. So I, I just don't know how it's going to shake out. Here's a question kind of in a weird way tied to what you're just talking about. Um, Non-forbearance situation. So you're just looking to refi, right? You're you're on time. Everything's been good with your payment history. Uh, you're in a good equitable position, but you are furloughed. Technically still employed, but you're not currently uh, on the job. Do, do, you, do you still get to account for your uh, salary in, in a furlough situation, Mike? Uh, no. So I, I think the... The simple question is, has your income been negatively affected by the COVID situation? And if the answer to that is yes, then you need to wait until you're back to work, you know, making normal wages. If the answer to that is no, it hasn't been affected, we're basically asking for documentation to confirm that. 
So okay, so I'm you're not looking... you're not gonna you're not gonna refi or close on a home loan using um, um, a uh, unemployment check as your salary. No, absolutely no. not. Okay. Um, so we're no. gonna be looking for paychecks for you know for for wage earners, W two earners. We're looking for paychecks all the way up to the day of close. We're confirming that the business is still yeah. open and operating. Uh, Self employed borrowers, you know, we're traditionally looking at tax returns to analyze income. So we're still doing that, but then we're also looking for independent third-party confirmation that your business is still open, you're still operating, you still have income coming in. So it's um, that's why I would think somebody getting unemployment in a furlough situation, there's a, there's a comfort level there, but I guess not for the lenders. It just doesn't. And nobody knows the, what those businesses are going to look like when yeah. they come back. You know, the restaurant they're only allowed to serve fifty percent of the tables, and they're not going to make profit. They're yeah. not going to get staffing the same way, but but the other thing is, you know, I, I just got my uh, my PPP uh, deposit last nice. night. Congratulations! Nice. So I'm going to pay my employees for the next four paychecks uh, at full salary. Awesome! Right. Nice. If, if Mike is relying on that. To, to consider that all businesses are just going to keep going forward in that regard. And I certainly hope we will. Uh, but, but there are some businesses that are going to use this and make the payments for four paychecks. And after that, they're going to turn back to their people and say, the business still isn't back to what it was. I'm going to have to put you on 70%. And I bet there are a lot of mortgage underwriters who are understanding that and are going to be cautious. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely uh, more cautious than normal when it comes to that, uh, yeah. understandably. And I, I think perhaps like, let's say you're in that situation, Paul, you could kind of be, you could have the mindset. Well, listen, I don't know what's happening in, in, uh, in eight weeks, but I better get while the getting's good. Right. And I'll, I'll just caution people that you need to be looking at your own budget. You need to be looking at your own financial situation and do not get yourself into a situation where you're going to be the one whose, you know, credit is going to be impacted and potentially, you know, leading to a, a foreclosure action on your own. So, well, the mortgage firms be asking questions like, I know you're getting full paycheck, but is it because your employer is using the PPP funds? You know what? That hasn't come up. Um, but we're certainly verifying with employers whether the the uh, likelihood of continued employment is okay good or not uh that's part of our standard you know huh. what we're okay. doing to verify employment normally but now we're even more thorough with it but uh i haven't seen that question raised paul uh whether the ppp funds are being used to good well i won't raise salary. <laughs> you just raised it so i hope my underwriters so um one of, isn't watching. one of the things i <laughs> One of the things I can see happening over time is going to be that um, people that wanted to take advantage of the refi but couldn't because, of, let's say, they had a deferment or forbearance and they're being blocked from the refi and they're behind on their payments, let's say, um, because of the forbearance or deferment, I think that one of the options is going to be is to go to the law office of Paul A. Krasker and talk about loan modifications. Uh, Paul, um, with with the people over the last two weeks or so, what are the most common consumer questions that you have once they find out you're a real estate attorney or people call in your office? Um, what are the biggest concerns for consumers right now? Yeah, they're, they're trying to weigh all their options. 
they're trying to figure out. Do I take the the forbearance? Do I take the deferral? What does it look like? Um, we're asking a number of questions. We're asking if they feel comfortable to sign an, a letter of authorization so that we can speak to their bank for them. And, uh, and, and that's the process that's happening now. They're considering a whole bunch of things. Uh, we talked about it on prior shows. Do I pull money off my credit card, even though it's a really high interest rate, so that I don't go delinquent on my mortgage, so that I do have the ability to refinance if I come back and my job's strong, uh, you know, 30 days from now. Is that so, money Lebowski, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a, an individual, mm -hmm. Johnny's word, snowflake uh, analysis that you really have to understand. And they're taking some guesses too. A lot of these people yeah. are assuming that their business is going to come back strong and everything's good. And, and that may not be the case. Exactly. So um, we're here for you as a safety net to get you the answers you need. There is no right answer um, for everybody. It's not cookie cutter. It is like Johnny says, a snowflake. Every case is different. And we're going to give you the time and attention to detail to get you the answers that you uh, need. Now, it might not be the answers you want, or it also might be answers that still have a little bit of making assumptions because we don't know what the future is going to hold, but we're going to give you the best information possible. And who better than the law office of Polly Krasker? How many thousands and thousands of low mods and short sales have you guys done over the years? I mean, it's just ridiculous. So we know uh, that you guys are built for this. Uh, your company is actually built for all of these problems that people might be having in the future. We're working on a short sale right now with Jewel from Short Sale Innovations, which is part of the whole Krasker Trident title team. And uh, everything's working out great for their knock on wood so far. And it looks like we're going to have that short sale taken care of very soon. So uh, we still do this stuff, even though we might not talk about it as much as we used to, because the need isn't as much there, but the need is growing. So we're here for you and we are a resource. So if you have friends or family or coworkers or church members in, in your group, uh, people that you care about that are in trouble, remember us, remember floridatalkrealestate.com and give us a call and let us try to get you the answers that you want from reputable people that are not trying to try to hard sell you into doing what they want you to do to find out what's best for you. Yeah, that's a key to everything is you got to get options and you really got to go to people that are not only good at what they do, but great at what they do if that is an option. And uh, for, uh, man, what are we, are we eight years now, Jimmy D? Is yeah, eight years? Eight plus years right now. We're in the middle of the eight, full eighth year. Eight plus years now. I have seen so many emails come through. I've, I've spoken with people at events, uh, get stopped at concerts just to say, hey, Thank you for putting me on Florida Talk Real Estate. It's been a pleasure to be here Saturday mornings all these years because I know that the uh, the the life's hurdles that can be thrown at you when it comes to so many of the the things buying, selling a home, stuck with a home, you don't know what to do, and just everything in between. Uh, it can be a really difficult thing to go through, and you got to have people that are so good at what they do, and they're in your corner every step of the way. Go to FloridaTalkRealEstate.com, FloridaTalkRealEstate.com. And you can uh, find them on Facebook. We are Facebook Live on this Saturday. And, of course, 
you know, Florida Talk Real Estate, they got that hotline for you. 888-973-7828. You'll find all the contact information, bottom left-hand corner of floridatalkrealestate.com. Uh, I don't hear the music, but I think we are out of here. I think uh, we are. I just wanted to say that uh, just one last thing is that these turn into podcasts on iHeartRadio and our website almost almost immediately after uh, the show is aired. And on top of it, the Facebook video is there all the time. You can go back to weeks and look at that, too. So we're there for you 24-7, not just for the 9 to 11. You got to love that. Uh, Jim DePola, have a great weekend. Thank you. I appreciate you as always. Uh, Paul Krasker, I hope you do the same. Thank you. Enjoy. Thank you for being with us. And Mike Rao, the mortgage guy from The Mortgage Firm, have an awesome weekend. Thank you. You too, Johnny. Bye, guys. I will do my absolute best. FloridaTalkRealEstate.com. Share it. Remember it. Get used to it because this is a team that you're going to lean on. And when you need them, they're there for you. Share that information. Be a hero and uh, quite a savior for somebody in your life. Student loan debt, looking to buy a home, sell a home, stuck with a home. You don't know what to do. You need to refi. Everything that you can imagine. It's your one-stop real estate shop. Florida Talk Real Estate. Hi, boo. Hi, boo. See you next Saturday. Florida Talk Real Estate right here on Real Radio.